Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. John Melenzak has an extensive range of experiences in the music industry, music education, technology, and leadership. John currently serves as the president and CEO of NAM. Prior to NAM, John served as Vice President of Music Education and Technology at Hal Leonard, where he oversaw worldwide education market strategy, managed Note Flight, Essential Elements Interactive, and Essential Elements Music Class, and collaborated on all music education technology-related initiatives for Hal Leonard. Previously, he was Managing Director of Note Flight, and he is the immediate past president of the Technology Institute of Music Educators, TIME. Mr. Melenzek has taught online graduate courses at Vandercook College, served as advocacy chair of the Massachusetts Music Educators Association, served on the NAM Support Music Coalition, and on the NAFME Advocacy Leadership Force. He is a Google Level 2 certified educator and a frequent clinician on education technology and music advocacy. Before his career at Hal Leonard, John served as director of education for PreSonus Audio, where he developed curriculum products and marketing strategies for music education technology. As an educator, John taught general music, band, choir, marching band, and music technology. He started the first music technology course in Louisiana and wrote the state curriculum for an official approved course. From 2011 to 2013, John served as chairman of the Creative Arts Assessment Committee in Louisiana and provided model assessment for the creative arts. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for our series finale of season five, or excuse me, season finale of season five, uh, I saved the best for last. So I am so excited uh, to welcome my good friend uh, and uh, fellow music technology slash educator, um, uh, John Melenzak, uh, who I think if you were cognizant and aware in the last couple of months, you saw uh, John's incredible news being um, given the position of uh, president of NAM. So I am so excited, John, that you took time out of your busy schedule. I know you're like two or three weeks into the gig. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Oh, Jim, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk to you today. Awesome. So, John, if you listened to the podcast before, the first thing I always start out with, because I think it's really interesting, and every music teacher has a similar path, but with different forks in the road. I'd love you to give like a five, 10 minute synopsis of your career. Um, And I think you have every music teacher in the United States behind you cheering uh, the position that you're in um, and thinking, I think you give a lot of music teachers hope. uh, And so I'd love for you to give like, how on earth did you start out in a music ed program? You know, when did you first get interested in music? Uh, music ed like what's your instrument and then bring us all the way to now if you can do that in 10 minutes you'll win a, a gold star i love it talk about myself in 10 minutes can <laughs> all right start the timer here um 
So growing up for me, I mean, again, like born and music was in the household. I never questioned wanting to make music, play music, be part of music. I, you know, my earliest childhood memory, there was a piano in the house. There were guitars in the house. My dad was gigging in a country rock band. And I was, you know, as even as a kid, they bought me one of those like toy drum sets with the paper heads, you know, and like he set awesome. it up behind the drummer and like the state fair. And I'm like just banging away, like uh, playing along. Like I just every memory is like music, you know. Um, so you you fast forward, you know, in sixth grade, you go to middle school, they give you that little half piece of paper that's usually green or yellow and you select your elective and everyone's wondering what they do I, music duh band class no question hmm. now i did pick trombone and which was a mistake but i got smart and picked trumpet later so <laughs> I got to eighth grade i figured it out right i know you're a low brasser Jim, that's so, all right that's yeah. all right you went to the dark side high high notes yeah i, mean, I got i got i got smart um but uh and then, you know, you fast forward, you finish high school, you know, you have that moment in life. What are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to major in in college? Music at never a question. School band was everything to me. It was uh, changed my life. I was that, you know, that band kid. I mean, you you couldn't pick a, a nerdy bandier of band kid if you tried, you know, like I was at at the band director's door before he got in every morning. I was hanging out after school in the band room roll stepping in lunch with the lunch tray not to spill your milk i mean it just it doesn't get nerdier right so then uh and it just it was never a question like there was never a moment in my life that i questioned not being in music so you do a you know undergrad degree you know um and then what are you going to do for grad school that next pivotal moment in life i'm, I'm okay well i have an undergrad in music ed i want to i want to do my master's in trumpet you know so i want to keep playing so i at that point i was in virginia Virginia Commonwealth University is my undergrad. Amazing oh, cool. people changed my life. Um, you know, some great mentors and, and really some of my closest friends are uh, professors that I had when there. So value those relationships. Then I go to um, LSU, go Tigers, to you know do my master's in trumpet and play under Frank Wicks and, and, and study down there and just kept going. And then immediately uh, after that, you know, I got an opportunity to be a teacher. I was gigging in Louisiana. I was teaching. And that was the first moment where like, I've made it. This is it. Mm -hmm. I'm gigging. I'm teaching. I'm playing trumpet all the time. Like, this is the life. This is everything I dreamed of. And that was probably six full-time years of that life. Over the course of that, you know, this was, you know, late 2000s, early 2010s, music techno, the iPad had come out, right? Yep. And all of a sudden, like GarageBand on the iPad was like changing the world and, you know, GarageBand on Macs and like music technology was cool. And I had gotten to recording and stuff in the past. So through, through music technology, I thought it was fascinating. Started teaching a music technology class in Louisiana. And then I remember the the registrar of the, the uh, school coming to me and saying, no, you can't teach this class. It's not on the state list. Like there was no concept of a music tech class at the state level. So I said, well, well, we'll put it there. What do I have to do? So I went to the State Department. They put out three years of red tape. And I said, sure, I'll climb through that. I'll fill out those forms. I'll build a curriculum. I'll submit the paperwork. You know how State Departments work. Yep. So what was that game show where you used to climb through all the stuff to get the flag at the end? You know what I'm talking about? Is that a not American Ninja Warrior? No, or, it was uh, another one as a strap, kid. Something like it was. Anyway. I know what you're talking about, but it's like it was like the State Department put out the red tape, and I just had exactly. to get through it all like the bungee course. But anyway, I uh, you get there, and, and then like 
um, I went and saw your presentation. I'll never forget. I was like, wait, there's a music technology presentation, Loyola. What is this? Someone oh, else. Cool. Actually I remember that vividly. I, I came and saw you and I was like, wow, there's actually a career path here. There's actually a world at which the these products are used, not just in school. Like I'm not the only one thinking of this. Wow. Uh, and then from there, you know, you, you're gigging with people at PreSonus Audio and you were all, you know, Baton Rouge is a, in New Orleans, large music community, but we all know each other. So you start talking, you start talking more and you're like, you know, this music tech thing in schools, this is, this is real. This isn't going away. And so I uh, landed a job at PreSonus uh, just because I, I taught and I had a, a really good music technology program that I loved and like half the kids in the middle school were involved in some way and it was really fun. And so PreSonus hired me to start an education division. They didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what they wanted me to do, but we knew that we were the right fit at the time. Right. I remember that was 2013. I remember the minute you got that gig, man. It was... Yeah, I, I remember because I remember we had the um we met at like an ATMI CMS thing. And I remember like not sure what I was gonna do, but I started January one of twenty thirteen at PreSonus and the VP there said, John, you gotta go to the NAM show. And I looked at him and said, What's a NAM show? <laughs> and, uh, and at that moment, that was the moment where I was like, Okay, there's something bigger here. So three weeks later, I'm on a plane to LA. I'm at the NAM show. I walk in. I was blown away. Yep. I, I just I had no idea through playing instruments, teaching students to play instruments, all the things we do in music. And for all the teachers listening that have never experienced, you know, NAM or, or the industry outside of what we do as players and teachers, there is a world behind us that is building these products, innovating these products, selling, distributing making instruments, putting in like master craftsperson skill sets along with just passion and dedication to innovate and create every piece that makes up what we do. And I just didn't know what it, it had to be there. But once you see it, and that's what happens at NAM, I was blown away. Yeah, and I I totally, the, my first, it's like going to a Disneyland, uh, you know, heaven, where it's just like, the first time I walked in, I could not believe uh, the world that I that I had no idea existed. Right, like no idea. Uh, but at the time, I was like, "Wow, this is this is it," you know. And then through you, I got involved with the NAM Foundation and started doing the advocacy work, and that was really valuable. And then, you know, as I I just started growing because you're surrounded by an industry that's all focused on music making, and then it just like absolutely like the the turbine jets like turned on and then you're just flying we did really cool stuff at presonus presonus did distribution with hal leonard uh i ended up being distributed to hal leonard eventually in there so you know we did note flight and uh there was just a really cool career path for 10 years of um st working in the industry innovating through that i learned marketing i learned software I learned sales learned distribution i had you know gained experiences of, you know, there's a moment at PreSonus where we're, we're actually like calculating the fractions of a fraction of a penny that the poly bags that, that wrap the cables are when we're trying to source, you know, a minimum order quantity of a thousand units yep. for the audio recording bundle. We've all done that all the way through, you know, building new major software features that innovate music and are, you know, doing like advanced, you know, marketing, you just learn all these pieces. 
because as an educator and a student, you're we we're learners, so we can learn how to do it. And that was my ride through the industry. That was really exciting. I did make a pact with myself in 2013 that I sort of, I guess I've broken now in 2023. When I, you know, big air quotes here, left teaching, you know, as a really big <laughs> moment, like I'm leaving teaching. I'm a failure. This is all I know. I'm going, selling my soul out to the dark side. To be <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. I right? know exactly what you're talking about. And it's funny because I've coached more, I've coached more, edu I've hired more educators and I don't know if I'm good for the workforce or bad for the workforce because I've hired more educators in the past yeah. 10 years, but um, I've had these conversations with them. And, but if to everyone listening, I never, I thought I was leaving education, hence the big air quotes. I never was, right. I never was leaving education. But at that time I said, I want to keep teaching. So I started teaching at LSU. I started teaching undergrad courses. I started teaching at Vandercook. And for the full 10 years I was in the industry, I there was not a single semester where I did not teach a class. Yep. And, I, and it kept me grounded. It kept me in education. I tell and like that was really important. And I'm not teaching a class right now. I'm not against it, but I'm a little busy right now. I so would imagine so, my friend. <laughs> put that on pause. So you that was that was the path. And it was learning, learning, learning. And um all of those experiences somehow i had no idea up until about a year ago that all of those would qualify me to be president and ceo of the world's largest music industry association but how, now how does that how does that feel to just say that out loud man it's not used to it yet it's it's weird i stumbled right i hesitated it's just a weird thing to think about it's pretty awesome but it, you didn't realize i didn't know for you know people ask me when did you start interviewing for this job i'd say I'd say the moment I graduated undergrad or the moment I was born or realistically the past 10 years in the music industry, I had no idea that I was be, I was learning to and being trained to, and would be qualified to take this role. Yep. But you are, and it's, um, that's, that's the path. And so, yeah, forks, different doors, but you just keep going and you keep focusing on music makers. Yeah. That's amazing, man. I, 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 I think, uh, you know, over the years, I'm sure you've had the similar conversations, but I have so many music teachers that come up to me and say, Jim, I, how do I get out of teaching and how do I get the corporate world? And, and, you know, I, I always ask more questions than give answers because, you know, music teachers, it's a tough gig. There's no question about it that there's, and it's getting tougher. It's harder and harder. We, we're kind of rebounding after the uh, pandemic and, you know, teachers, uh, music teachers specifically are always feeling like they're fighting for their job on it, you know, on, on whether or not it's a core subject. But I think that the more teachers hear from people like you, um, the more hope uh, they have. I mean, I, I think everything that we can do on the corporate side of the world to help music teachers and solve their problems you know, with equipment, with software, with anything, uh, advocacy, I think is probably the most important of all, uh, is, is, is what keeps us going. I love the fact that you, uh, you know, we're still teaching. It's, I still teach as well. I always felt like, Hey, I'm a, I was born a teacher. I can't not teach. And, it, you know, even though on a Monday evening, I'm really tired, I'll do it. I do it anyway. Um, yeah, very, very similar, um, very similar mindsets over here, John. So my next question is really, you know, 
you're out now on the, the West Coast. You're in the incredibly beautiful city of Carlsbad, California. Um, I've been to the NAM headquarters before. The setting is unbelievably gorgeous. You have you were we were talking a little bit before the podcast. You're currently looking at the Pacific Ocean. I know that view. It is just and there's nothing in front of you. You just have this incredible view. Um, what is your day-to-day like? What do you do? What is your job as the president of NAM? For those people that have never been to a NAM show, they probably don't know. For those of us who who have been, I've been probably 20 times at this point. It's it it seems like you're a you're 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 a, any everything from the dishwasher to the cat herder to the champion to you know the the you know doing all the logistics. What what is your day to day gig? You know what's funny, Jim. You uh the the being everything from the dishwasher to the cat herder that right. that's what educators do. That's what we do as teachers. Yep. Right. Like yeah, I'll move that chair. Yeah, I'll design that program. Yeah, yep. I'll advocate for that. What do you need? Yeah, I'll clean that up. You know. <laughs> Yep. Uh, yeah, I'll spend my own money on that on, on to fix that instrument so that kid yep. we do it. It doesn't change, you know, like you you do everything, you do what it takes to serve the people in front of you. That's what educators do. And um, you know, I and I know it's coming up late. I want to get into like what qualities of educators and leadership because there's a lot there. Um, so on a day-to-day basis, let me give the rundown of NAM for the listeners. So NAM, uh, the National Association of Music Merchants is um, the International Music Products Association that represents everyone who makes, distributes, sells, or uses a musical product, whether it's an instrument, software, any anything in between. And NAM, um, NAM's mission, as stated, is to strengthen the music products industry and promote the pleasures and benefits of making music. That mission is crafted around head and heart. At, at its first part, we have to strengthen the industry. We are the association that represents everyone who makes or sells or uses a product. Our job is to make the industry strong and promote the pleasures and benefits of making music. Our job is to make sure that the public perception around music making is positive and strong, that we're funding research, that we're making sure that people see the value in music making so that the strength industry remains. At its core, that's what we do. And like with any nonprofit, you have to have a strong mission and you have to you have to stick to it. And that's what guides us. Now, as you know, how we do that, NAM has five objectives. First is um trade show. NAM holds the largest, the now the world's largest global gathering of the music industry oh, in cool. winter in Anaheim. We are the world's largest show. The show we just had in April was the world's largest show. We have the largest global attendance and we are the largest gathering. And that gathering includes trade. It includes networking. It includes professional development. It includes artists. It includes concerts. You know, it's it's really the global gathering of the industry. It's evolved so much more than a you know traditional trade show where you know trade comes to do business. That certainly happens, but NAM is that plus plus plus. Yep. That trade show um, is a really big part of what we do. And, you know, we're very lucky to have it. In, and, and the trade show is organized and planned and implemented by our internal team. We're not an organization that contracts out. You know, I mean, obviously there's tons of contractors we use, but we have our team internally spends year round focusing, planning every piece that happens. And the team is amazing. Yep. Um, the rest of the objectives are professional development for member companies, whether it's career development or education sessions, 
uh, market development. How do we grow the market? How do we create more music makers? Um, membership, membership benefits and services, and doing everything globally. So we take all of that in and we look at the mission. We look at the objectives. And then what is my day-to-day? My day-to-day is to prioritize where this phenomenal team focuses their energy. I mean, I, I can't say enough. You know, I get to do all the, the interviews and I get to do all the speaking and I get to go out here. The people in this building are absolutely out of this world. They're just the most passionate, careful, I'm, I'm just thoughtful, absolute phenomenal human beings. And it's awesome. just, a, it's a blessing. So I, you know, my role here as a nonprofit, it's, it's a little bit complicated, but it's fun to, to unpack. I am president and CEO of NAM. President is a function of the board and the bylaws and as a sitting voting member and, and how we function with the board who sets strategic vision and their CEO is obviously executive officer over the organization, the employees, the business side of it. And I also sit as president of the NAM Foundation as part of this role. Oh, so cool. if I look at it, we have we have trade show. How do we get people to the show? How do we create good programming for the show? How do we engage the global community? And that's a year-round job. It's a big undertaking. We have member services. What do we do that serves our members? We have government. We always talk into our lobbyists in DC. We have several firms we work with on government policy. We have advocacy initiatives. We're working on international trade initiatives, all sorts of other um, small, medium, and large size issues that we help our members do, member services. We provide member services, business services for like, like any membership organization. Um, so all of that, like what are we doing for our members that gives them value, that drives that drives membership? And then what are we doing to grow the music industry through our foundation? How does the work of the foundation create more music makers? Um, and so every day I just have to sit here and say, okay, what's the most important thing that I need to make sure that the whole team is focused on one of those areas? How does it support member services? How does this drive the success and growth of the world's largest global gathering, which we are now one of the only ones. And it's, it's a really powerful responsibility. Um, yeah. And then what do we do with our foundation? And so like everything else you prioritize, um, and my my job as a leader is, you know, I read this recently in a, one of my daily readings. I forget where it was. But as a leader, it's my job to be a year out. Like, I need to be figuring out where are we going to be in a year? What do our member services look like for all of our group in a year? What does this trade show look like in 2025 and 2026? What is this foundation? We had a great foundation meeting this morning about. And where is this foundation in two years? My job is to be there. Right. My directors of each department, their job is to be three months out, really flushing this thing out. Our staff is jobs to be executing. And I just, that's that's how I look at I it. I love that. That's a really great way. So you're the vision. And then your directors are uh, kind of short-term planning and the staff is making it happen. That's it. And awesome. my ultimate job is to make sure that um, where I set that vision a year ago is in what we're doing today actually works. Right. <laughs> so no pressure. No pressure. Ask me in a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. So here's the question. And, and you know, I, I I have ideas, I'm sure, that are going to are, are be very similar to yours. But what, you know, when you're a music teacher, back to that cat herder, uh, dishwasher, plate spinner, how did being a music teacher prepare you for your role that you're, you know, in the chair you're sitting today? 
you know, I believe once once a once a teacher, any teacher, music teacher especially, but any educator figures out the key to being a really good educator, which I will tell you what my perspective is in a second. Once you figure that out, you are absolutely qualified to be CEO of any company in the world of any size. Here, here. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just I will absolutely like. And if any educators listening and thinking like oh, I'm just a music teacher. I'm not qualified to do anything else. That is that is ridiculous. I erroneous. I just absolutely not. You're absolutely qualified to lead any organization of any size. If you're a really great teacher, and here's the thing, when we're first teaching, you always know in the first year of teaching, we never know what we're doing. We talk, 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 talk. We talk at the students. We tell them everything we know. We get up on the podium, you know, these podium pontificators. Yep. Once you figure out as an educator that your job isn't to tell them everything you know about music, and but your job is to actually figure out what every individual in that room needs to, to be inspired, to be the better version of themselves, and to grow beyond what you can give them. Once you figure out that's your job, and your job is to give them that and then get out of their way and let them grow and shine, then you're the, that's when you're the rock star teacher. Yep. That's what I do in this chair. Every NAM member, every company, whether it's a retailer, a manufacturer, a supplier, an individual member, educator, college student, whatever all of our demographics we serve, because I have a big class that I have to differentiate for now. Yep. My job is to figure out what they need, how to inspire them and make them as successful as possible, and then get out of their way and let the industry thrive much larger than they could without us. That's beautiful. I mean, in a way, you know, I was a middle school band director. You were a band director. When I was asked the same exact question that I asked you when I was first joining the corporate world, when they said, how is a middle school band director going to run a multi-million dollar a year business? What I said, I had two things. Number one, my job as a band director was to motivate kids to stay in, uh, keep on the beat, uh, work together, blend, um, and when you've got a hundred kids with raging hormones and you're able to kept, get them all together working to the same goal, you try do it, try any other human being to try that with, with, with seventh graders, with noisemakers in their faces. Um, you can you know do that. I'm, you can, you can VCO of a company. Ab well, absolutely. Because you've got to get the kids behind your, like, this is what we're doing. This is the goal we're trying to achieve. And if you can, get, you know, adolescent children um, to buy into that, to buy into how important music is to you and how important music is to the world and, and get up there on stage with your best behavior and, and all play together. You know, I said, that is just exactly what I'm going to do with this company is to get everybody on the same page, all playing together for the same mission and the same goal. And then the other part was you try disciplining seventh graders you know you try teaching middle school you know if there's obviously you're going to have it in your organization any teacher is going to have it anybody that's in the corporate world is going to have friction every once in a while and people that are not getting along because if somebody said this and not this is your job you know when you're a middle school uh, band director music teacher and you've got to you know make sure that these kids aren't punching each other between class you know, you're, you're like the greatest moderator, the greatest uh, 
negotiator, you know, as well. So I'm sure I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I, I know that being a middle school band director made me uh, ready and changes and able. <laughs> well, you know, you, you make so many great points there because at, especially in middle school, right? Like the raging hormones and all of that, like those kids aren't going to do it because you told them to, you exactly. just got to accept the fact that you don't have power at that point. You have to inspire them and you have to get them and like make them realize what they need to do and then get create create the conditions for success where they will come together and do it. And, you know, people, it, it's another reason why, you know, people ask me, I'm actually, every person that reports to me at NAM is older than me. I just mm -hmm. came in 39 years old, younger than literally everyone else that that is reporting to me. People say, John, but you're so young. I said, okay, when I was 25, teaching 12 year olds, it, it didn't matter that I was older than them. It didn't matter then. It doesn't matter now. It's the same thing. Like you, you have to inspire people and give them what they need. I've never done anything because I said, so that's not how it right, works. Right. <laughs> how real leadership works. There, there's a really fun uh, saying about band directors. I know you've heard it uh, with, um, when you take your band to festival, you know, they say that uh, kids will make twos and threes band directors make ones and fours that, that's right that's absolutely right and, wow that's well said and you think about the music like this this music all these products and worldwide distribution supply chain and government issues and all the things that this industry needs to work on they need an association to do it this the members of this industry will pull together and make an association to handle the large-scale collective impact needs they have to be successful they're going to make twos and threes regardless if they have a leader here or not. Yeah. I my job is to make it a one. And the difference between the one and the four, the band director that makes a four tries to micromanage everything and and slows down progress because it can only go as fast as one person can handle. The band director makes a one, inspires people, gives them what they need to be successful in the moment, sets a vision and then gets out of the way. Yep. Yep. Yeah, as well said. So my next question and, and the and the and the follow-up are basically completely related. And back to what I said earlier, John, where all you know, every music teacher in America should be cheering that the music teacher is in your chair. How does NAM currently support music education and, and why? Why why is this so important to your organization? Right. Well, every future music maker is in school right now. Yep. Every so the the our job the longevity of this industry the future of making music the future of musical products and software and innovation and festivals and award shows and everything around music making every single future person that's going to be doing that is in school right now so there's nothing more important than investing and ensuring that that captive audience that's learning the values of life and the values of you know how to work together and what's important in the world that all aspects of music making in the music industry are represented in that education that's the future so that's why it's vital right yep and both nam and the nam foundation serve that audience uh similarly um similarly so you know nam foundation obviously is a granting organization. And, and this is another thing that people should understand about NAM. We are two nonprofits, right? NAM is a nonprofit. The foundation is a nonprofit. And every, every dollar of, of 
profit that NAM gets goes to the foundation to support music education programs. That's I don't amazing. think people realize that, right? That's absolutely. I did not know that. Year, that's, that's amazing. Our net bottom line is not going to investors. It's not going to stocks. We are a nonprofit. Our profits go to the foundation to support music education, period. That's and amazing. it's always been that way. So when you go to the NAM show and you're like, wow, look at all this great stuff, it all goes to the foundation. That's fantastic. And that's why we do what we do. So if everyone, if anyone's wondering if NAM is supported to music education, every dollar we do, and it actually it, it resonates in here when you like you know, like every business, you look at a budget, you have revenue, you have expenses, you try to balance them, and we look at it and say, look, is this expense more important than the foundation's work? And sometimes you have NAM, but that's literally I had that conversation this morning. We look at our operational expenses, our members' money. And we ask ourselves, every dollar we spend on something that we believe that we need to do to serve the industry, is it a dollar that's more that's needed? Because if not, we're going to save it because we know it's going to the foundation. Yep. So that's that's a really, really important piece to get. Now, what are we doing? I mean, you can go to NAMFoundation.org. There's phenomenal programs going on. NAM supports, uh, NAM Foundation has done Really, really cool work around you know supporting college students and careers through Gen Next program. The best communities for education is a longstanding NAM Foundation program, recognizing where music education communities are thriving and taking that work to DC and making sure the representatives. I think we awarded over 800 best communities just recently. That's, I'm sure many yeah. people listening are teaching in one. Um, we are a grantee organization, so through the foundation, we put out grants to. Uh, I think over 23 right now, other organizations that you you very well know of, Save the Music, Music Will, you know, Discover Guitar. There's list goes on and on and on. Technology Institute, Music Educators. NAM is granting all of the other organizations that are out there doing the work. So we're heavily invested there, which is really important. What's coming up in the future? There's a project that's launching very soon in partnership with National Fresh High School. The, the big future project is all about careers, workforce development and careers. We're, we're launching, uh, we're doing a lot of research. We're launching a, a public perception piece with the foundation and NAM to educate the world about all the careers that exist in the music industry, which drives the value of why students should learn music because it prepares them for many, many, many careers, careers in music education, performance, but also in the industry. Um, we're taking this information not only to music educators and to uh, music organizations, but also the National Guidance Counselors Association, the Parent Teachers Association. We're educating outside our industry on the value of music careers and the importance of workforce development because we believe this piece is needed, right? I dream of a world at which a, a, a senior in high school goes to their parents and says, mom, dad, I figured out what I'm going to major in in college. They say, finally, what? And that kid says, music. Now, today, if they said that, the parent would say, oh, my God, how long? Yep, are you that's what my dad insurance? said. He said, pay for it yourself, my friend. How are you going to be on my insurance? I'll have to make a, <laughs> up to, you know, section off this part of the basement. We'll finish it <laughs> off for where you'll live the next 30 years. But in reality, you and I know, Jim, that there's if you if you go through I, I believe if you study anything in music doesn't matter. You get a music degree. You learn so many viable skills that make you valuable to do anything. 
So my dream and what we're doing with the foundation and NAM around careers and partnership with NFHS and, and many others, PTA, guidance counselor, all of this, which we're kicking off in the fall, we're going to create a world in which that conversation happens in, in years to come. And the parent goes, yes, I know you're going to be successful. Oh, I love that. Because today, if that kid said psychology or mass communication, or you know, they'd say, oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a generalized topic, but I know you'll get a job in. That perception exists around other generalized areas. We're going to make it exist around music. I love it. Absolutely love it, man. That's wonderful. You know, John, I've had a lot of experience with NAM over the years. I was one of the uh, grantees. I had a website back in the day called connectwithmusic.org that we got funding for, uh, kind of a precursor to the math science music um, uh, site that Herbie Hancock put together. Um, the uh, I've been to those NAM fly-ins in Washington D.C. Uh, and and teachers might see like Facebook posts of you know uh, you you uh, you know with the with the capital behind you. I I did that with you I think once or twice. I I don't think um, teachers realize how much work NAM does because I was down there in you know Nita Lowy's office and uh, Kirsten Gillibrand's office saying we need more money for music education um you know that advocacy that sitting in you know you're a constituent and you're in your representative's office saying you need to spend more money in music a lot of teachers kind of get um blinders on and that you because they're only worried about look I had a really bad kindergarten class today where a kid you know threw up on the rug and <laughs> And that, you know, it's just, I had to get the, and it ruined my whole day. And, and they don't think outside of those four walls sometimes, their music classroom, and they don't necessarily think that there are a lot of people out there advocating for them. I had front row seat to it. I sat, you know, I was with you. We 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 had that amazing um, kind of training with David Brooks, if you remember, where he came yeah. and he was talking about things and like, there was, this is what you say to your constituent. This is what you say to your elected official. I mean, that kind of advocacy work is just, uh, and I know, John, that you were heavily involved. And I think one of the main reasons that Nam must have said this guy's perfect is you were so involved in that advocacy work. You want to just talk a second about like what, you know, anything I missed on that? Like what what is the behind the scenes stuff that Nam is doing for music educators? Yeah. I mean, besides all the granting, and you're right about the startup grants, one thing the foundation loves to do and has done tons of really is NAM loves to be the first grant to allow a new new a new nonprofit to get going, yep. right? Like NAM's foundation's funding is really not supporting a lot of like full, like the, the people that NAM's giving to, they have all sorts of funding now and they've grown. NAM historically has found great people and that have to start a nonprofit, they've been that first bit of funding that's kicked them off. Nam was the first funder of the Technology Institute of Music Educators. Yep. Nam was the first funder of Little Kids Rock, right? Yep. David Wish started Little Kids Rock with Nam money. That was the money. That I remember him walking around with a Dr. Seuss hat asking for money every single Nam. I, I, he yeah. was able to quit his job and start that organization because Nam made the grant. And that's what Nam's done time and time and time again. So like, yep. It's like you teach a student, you watch them later and like they do all this amazing stuff. Like, and I, you know, so that's what they, so you mentioned all that, but I'm glad you mentioned the fly-in because on one hand, a teacher, you know, in, in the trenches, taking grenades in the classroom, as they you know, say, like, can, can look and say, okay, one day on DC, 
what is that? Does that really matter for what I'm doing? Like those people are so far removed from the day to day. I And I get that perspective, but that is not all why we're there, right? The reason we... The reason that somebody, and NAFME does this too, the reason we have to be in DC, both NAM and NAFME, is because the collective impact, we're representing you, right? NAM's representing uh, music teachers and product manufacturers and retailers. NAFME's re representing the teachers. The reason we're there is because if you're not at the table, you're on the table. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Okay. And Jim, when you were in those meetings, you know, you 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 sign up to be in the office. Yes, we're advocating, but we're educating, we're teaching. Because when you're in line for that office and you're sitting in the lobby of a congressional representative's office, who are you sitting with? Four other people that have guest badges on from security. And you say, what are you in for? I'm here to lobby for the oil industry. What are you in for? I'm here to lobby for more healthcare funding for innovation. What are you? I'm here to lobby for technology funding. Every single day, your, your elected representative has a flow of people coming through, trying to convince them that their need is important. Yep. If NAM doesn't go in and make sure that music education is at the table, then it will be on the table. So our job is to keep it at the table at all times to make sure they know the value. So the question of cutting a program never happens. Now that's federal level. Then we educate our members on how to go back and do that at the state level. That's the purpose of that education day you were talking about. Yep. We do it at the federal level. We train people to then do it at the state level and also the district level and the local level. So it's incredibly valuable. And we're excited to now be able to bring the fly-in back in full force in November. We're going back this year. Uh, we're really excited to get that. Going. I, I will be there, man, because I got to tell you, <clears throat> I've never felt more empowered and more like I was doing good for music education than those days walking through the, you know, the uh, the tunnels underneath, uh, underneath yeah. the U.S. State Capitol and seeing the little subway that goes back and forth and walking down a hallway and and Chuck Schumer just walks by you and you're just like, oh, my God, that's you know, it's um. I was very one of the very few times I wore a suit and tie because I really felt like I was making a difference. And I think the work of Nam is extraordinary in that in that field. So before I let you go, I, I'm going to skip a whole bunch of questions because I do want to talk about I was just out at the Nam show in April, and I'm sure your head must have been spinning, uh, you know, kind of before you officially took the post, you're there. Everybody's pulling you aside, I'm sure, going now, listen, I want you to do this. And I I think that a lot of music teachers don't know about the work and the opportunity at the NAM show for music education days. And I've done it forever. Um, and Mary Lurson up there doing the music education rally. Uh, I was in the audience for that. I was blown away. It was Bernie Williams and uh, the Wooten brothers uh, and the guy. And John Malinzak on Shaker. You yeah, exactly. I saw it. It was it. Um, I it's don't so think weird. music teachers know about music education days. So I'm I'm just wondering if you. I mean, I always have a great time. There's there's sessions there. Um, I think for music teachers, and I'll let you kind of give the overview. But I just wanted to say what my first experience ever is that you know you go to these sessions, you hear great speakers who are there. They're, they're, it's it's the top music education 
people that are at this show. Uh, it is Little Kids Rock. It's people from Yamaha. It's people from uh, Music First. It's people from uh, Hal Leonard. It's people from every you know company saying, here's all this cool stuff that we're doing. And then you get to go to the trade show floor. And for any music educators, if you've ever been to Midwest or TMEA, your eyes light up and you go, look at the size of this exhibit hall. You have no idea what it's like going to a NAMM show. And then you pepper in a whole bunch of people with mohawks and pins through their cheeks, you know, and, and high heeled spike boots and crazy hair. Um, it's a wonderful experience. You'll get to see people that you know from the music. I've seen Stevie Wonder every single year, Bootsy Collins every single year. Why don't you give an idea of like what the music education days are about and 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 when the next NAM show is so that people can sign up and and fly out to Anaheim and experience the madness. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. You know, what NAM does back to, you know, what the NAM show is is the largest global gathering of our industry. And this team here is so strategic about who's coming, what value they're getting, and what happens if you put them all in a room. And that's not an accident, right? What happens at the NAM show is no accident. This team is like really like have learned over years and years of doing this. So when we look, we look at all sorts of programming and we say, okay, we want the Event Safety Alliance to come in because we want to make sure the people that are doing, you know, rigging and people that are setting up stages are represented and they have a series of education on all the safety and proper this. Okay, now we want, you know, the entertainment pro light audience to come in. We want the pro audio people to come in. We, we look at all of these areas very strategically. So we look at music educators and we put on, I think we had 57, 57 sessions specifically designed for music educators called music education days. And we did those with, uh, I think over 15 of our partners presented sessions. We bring in and we look at the programming and there is an entire music education track at NAM. And uh, for any educator thinking of coming and saying, oh, well, I went to my state show. Look, please don't get me wrong. Your state show, I've been to I mean, the only person I think has been to more state MEAs than me is probably Jim Frankel. Right? <laughs> Maybe. So I, Jim, you win this one. But like, <laughs> I, I'll tell you, like state MEAs are amazing. It's all state. It's students. It's your state people. It's presenting. It's an amazing experience. NAM is a completely different experience. Yep. It is an experience where as an educator, you will realize more about the industry, the careers, what's out there. You'll learn more about if you want to start learning about music tech, pro audio, if you want to start learning to play a ukulele class, if you want to learn to start a guitar class, if you want to learn about drumming. And, I mean, there's so many programs that are available and you're not going to get them anywhere else but NAM. So just for the programming alone, the professional development's phenomenal. Then you then you say, okay, now there's, sorry, my email is going off. I can't figure out how to turn this off. It's all good. Um, uh, then you then you pepper in all the college students we're bringing in who are hungry to learn more, all the other nonprofits that are there that you as an educator can connect with because we have an entire track for nonprofits to better educate them. We had over 500 nonprofits represented in April. So then you start putting these people in the room at the networking events. Then you throw in a massive stage in the middle where you can walk down you know, between the hotels and run into Big Bad Voodoo Daddy or you know, <laughs> just watch a performance going on there. And then you start going and get hands-on with the products. There's nothing like the NAM show. The thing I'll also mention is that, and this is new out of the past couple of years, educators can, are now eligible 
for an individual membership of NAM to attend. In really? Past, yes. You as an educator can sign up for $150. Oh you my. can attend the NAM show and you'll be a NAM member for a year. And you are attending the show. Four days of the NAM show for $150 is, is an unbelievable. It's extraordinary. That, that is the best. I didn't know that. That's amazing. So, yeah, we're going to do a much better job of, we added it during the past couple of shows as we're building back, but the bylaws have been updated. There's now an individual membership category. So if you're a teacher and you're trying to say, oh, I don't know anyone at this manufacturer. I got to find someone to get a badge. No, no, you can attend the NAM show. You can sign up today. You can come. And you not only that, but we want to represent you as an individual NAM member. So you can go to NAM.org. You can, well, the registration will open in a couple months. But any educator can attend the show, register as a member. We've we've opened it up. We don't accidentally want teachers there. We don't kind of want educators there if they have a friend that works in industry. Any individual teacher, you can come sign up, attend NAM as an individual. We want you there. We want to represent you. Come to the I just, show. I just want to like, I'm so floored by that news because forever, for those of you that don't have never been to it, it, it was like the insiders only. You had to know somebody in order to get, uh, to get in like, Hey man, do you have an extra NAM badge? Like it was, it's, that is so cool and such great foresight because I can't recommend enough to people to attend the show because there's nowhere else where you have the people who make the products, you can walk right into their booth and say, hey, I'm a teacher. You know what would be really cool if you did this? And they take notes, my friends, like that. that is golden to a, to a manufacturer, having a teacher tell them, I would love it if you made this. And they'll say, hey, come and tell me more. Maybe I'll take you out for a drink and we'll, we'll, we'll make, hey, would you like to be a consultant? I can't, Folks, if you if if you have the means and you can get the release time, I I couldn't recommend any more strongly. You you head out to the Nam show. It's in January this year, right? Or next year, I mean. Yep, January twenty fifth through twenty eighth in Anaheim, and it is beautiful that time of year, it right sure by is. Disneyland. Awesome, worth, worth worth every penny. So, John, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go now. You got to get. I'm sure you have a million emails uh, to answer. I am so grateful that you took the time uh, to chat with us today. And I know that um, music teachers everywhere have an advocate and a champion at, at, at perhaps the most important chair in our industry. So John, thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And I can't wait to read about all the great things you do in the future. Well, thank you so much, Jim. And thank you for reminding me that everything I do every day is representing the educators. You know, I'm one of you, I'm thinking about you. I'm trying to make the world a better place for you. And, and, and I appreciate that reminder. And I will I will keep that very close in everything I do for the next 20 years. Thanks so much, John. All the best to you, my friend. Best of luck in your position. Thanks, Jim. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.